The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? How are you now? Comment ça va? Ça va bien? Ça va mal? Ça va mal en esti because the Montreal Canadiens lose 6-2 to two to the Toronto Maple Leafs in their fifth preseason game of the 2021-22 campaign. Hello and welcome to another episode of the preseason Bottom Six Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake, and uh, that was that was a terrible game, absolutely terrible game. Uh, just not fun to watch. Um, overall, sloppy, bad looking. Got horribly outshot by the Leafs. But uh, what do I keep saying? What do I keep saying? Right? We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. No need to get upset. No use crying over spilled milk. Uh, they got smoked. They got smoked in a preseason game. And uh, we can get into the, the reasons of, of how they got smoked as well, which are actually uh, kind of interesting when you think about it because there were some matchup issues that, that I thought were funny and I think will be funny to talk about a little bit. Uh, but what happened? Well, it started out with a disallowed Leafs goal pretty early on in the game. Uh, they got a goal disallowed, rightfully disallowed, due to goaltender interference. Uh, Habs go down to the other end pretty quickly. Ben Sherratt takes a shot pass type deal. Gets tipped by Yoel Armia. one nothing for the Montreal Canadiens. Not too long after that, Nick Ritchie completely left alone down in front. Uh, makes it 1-1. And then Nick Ritchie, again, alone this time in the slot on the power play. Makes it 2-1 for the Leafs. Habs get one back. Power play goal of their own from Alex Belzil. Gets a nice shot uh, from the face-off circle to tie it up at 2-2. And then things kind of went off the rails, so to speak. Uh, as in four straight goals from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Ilya Mikheyev scored first from Tavares and Nylander. And then Brennan Menel scored to make it 4-2. And then Semyon Der Argachintsev, who I've never heard of before today and will probably continue to not know of. Uh, unless he somehow makes the Toronto Maple Leafs and becomes a thorn in the side of the Montreal Canadiens. And finally, Brett Sini scored a beautiful goal directly out of the penalty box. Uh, kind of a bad turnaround uh, attempt to pass back to the point by Alexander Romanov. And uh, Sini just flew in past a completely gassed uh, Alex Belzil and went backhand roof daddy on Samuel Montembeau. And uh, poor Montembeau, um, before I get into anything else, poor him, because they really uh, got badly, and I mean badly, outshot in this game. The final shot tally was 44-22 to 22, uh, in favor of the Toronto Maple Leafs. It was uh, a pretty bad drubbing, a pretty bad one. But at the end of the day, what do I keep saying? We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. The only thing we should be concerned about is what did we learn? 
And the first thing I want to talk about, I've been itching to say something about this. I said something about it on Twitter. And the thing is, a buddy of mine who's a Leafs fan, God bless him, uh, sends me a text during the game. And he's like, the Leafs already have 35 shots. And it's, like, not even at the end of the second period. And I was like, okay. And he's like, you're not concerned about that? And I was like, no, I'm not concerned about that. No, I'm not concerned about that. Number one, it's preseason. Nobody cares. Number two, this is not the actual Habs lineup. And number three, most importantly, I noticed that the Leafs were doing some pretty strict line matching throughout the course of the game. They were making sure that the likes of Mitch Marner and John Tavares were getting out against the bottom six of the Habs. So basically making sure that they got out against AHL players. Now, that's a little bit curious to me because I don't understand how that's supposed to help you know, the Mitch Marners and John Tavares of the NHL get ready for the season to play against AHLers. Unless your plan is to have those guys start the year on the Toronto Marlies, which you know, would be pretty curious for guys who are making upwards of $10 million a year a piece. Uh, so I don't think that's what they're doing. I just don't quite understand why they wanted to line match them against, you know, the, the absolute worst players that the Habs had on the ice. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Um, it obviously, it, it achieved the desired result, right? If the desired result for them was that they absolutely wanted to win this crucial preseason game. Um, then they did that. They they accomplished that goal if that was, in fact, their goal. But, I mean, it's preseason. I'm, I'm not sure how that helps you. But, uh, you know, not can't be mad about it. You know, do your thing. Live your life. Match up your lines however you want to match them up. Have some fun. Score six goals on the Montreal Canadiens. Whatever you want to do. That being said... There was some other matchups that happened that were interesting for other reasons. I had mentioned in a previous episode, I'm getting a little bit more sold on Ryan Paling as a possible option for the Montreal Canadiens as the fourth line center. And I was talking about it in the Eyes on the Prize Slack chat that I was like, he doesn't look good to me tonight. He looks pretty invisible. I'm not seeing enough from him, and I don't think I'd put him on the roster. And then I go look at the, the underlying numbers, right? Shout out to naturalstattrick.com for providing those underlying numbers. Um, he actually did pretty good against some of the elite players in the Leafs. Like, <clears throat> William Nylander, for example, had you know a, a 33-point-something percent shot attempt share while Paling was on the ice with him. And then that was only for a couple of minutes. Like I, I want to say just under three minutes of actual even-strength ice time. And... Then the Leafs ran away from that matchup afterwards. They didn't want him on the ice. And then without Paling on the ice, without him, William Nylander was over 70% of shot attempt share. So what does that tell you? It, it tells you that Paling was, you know, when he was on the ice against a guy like William Nylander, who was a fantastic player, uh, he was pretty good at, you know, shutting him down or slowing him down at the very least quite a bit. He also did pretty decently against John Tavares, not to the same degree that he did against Nylander, uh, Tavares was on the night. I think he was over 60% in terms of even strength shot share or shot attempt share. And with paling on the ice, he was down at about 55. So 55 is still not ideal, right? You're, you're still getting the lion's share of the attempts there. But paling didn't do that bad. And what is the role of a fourth line center, right? The role of a fourth line center is, is not to go out there and, and dominate the opposition. 
right? You're, if you're getting domination out of your fourth line, then you know I've, I'd, I'd like to know how you accomplish that. And you should write a book so that everybody else can replicate that on a regular basis throughout the NHL. The, the role is to kind of be a wash, right? Don't get scored on. And you know if you can chip in a couple of goals here and there, that's great. And I think from what I'm seeing, and from what I've seen in this preseason and from looking at the numbers, I think that Ryan Paling can provide that. I think he can. It remains to be seen, of course, because he's still doing this right now against, you know, incomplete teams, right? As much as the Leafs did line matching and stuff, and uh, I thought it was curious, that, that's still not their regular team either. So who knows? Is he going to be able to replicate the same successes that he did have against the actual full Leafs roster because they're going to have to play them quite a few times this year. I don't know, but I got to say I'm, I'm growing a little bit more sold on the idea that, that he could take that role. I'm also growing a little bit more sold on the idea that Alexander Romanov is potentially taking the next step. He made the one really bad play where he tried to bump it back to the point. Uh, it was at the end of a power play, and that was the one that led to the Brett Sini goal. Um, but other than that, he looked fantastic. I mean, he's getting physical. Uh, he's making some good passes, uh, skating really well. I, I really think this could be the year that he takes that next step, becomes a, an undeniable regular on the roster. Unlike last year where he was sitting down sometimes and only played four games in the playoffs, I, I think this could be the year that he becomes an absolute undeniable part of the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, and that's great news for them. They're going to need it with, uh, with Shea Weber being gone. They're, they're absolutely going to need it. So should be interesting to see if, uh, if I'm right about that and if he uh, can make me look smart for saying it, right? Um, other than that, <laughs> as far as what did I learn, uh, not a whole lot. Caden Gooley looked good. Um, he looked pretty good. He, he took a penalty at one point, but you know, penalties happen. Uh, they're calling a lot of them in this preseason too. They're calling, uh, especially when it comes to cross-checks and stuff like that, they're really calling them tight. So I'm not going to fault him for the penalty. Other than he looked great. There was a, there was one play where he, he had was coming out of the zone and he had nowhere to go with the puck. There was no pass to be made. And rather than try to make a pass and get it intercepted, he just turned on his jets because he had a little bit of space to skate with it. And he looked great skating through the neutral zone, gets over the red line, gets it in deep, uh, and the Habs managed to get a little bit of zone time out of it. So smart decision-making and using his legs instead of just trying to force a pass that isn't there, uh, which I love. Other than that, what they, they tried Jonathan Drouin on the line um, with Nick Suzuki and Tyler Toffoli, which would normally, we believe, that that is going to be Cole Caulfield's spot. That didn't work. Um, that line looked a little bit out of sync to me. I, I don't think that they have any designs to be using that line regularly. I think this was just an opportunity to get those guys into a game and have them skating. Uh, and I think Drouin needs to be skating uh, as much as possible at this point after he missed uh, the you know, that portion at the end of last year, um, took himself out of the game to take care of his mental health, which again, I commend him for, but he could use the skating. And I think that's all they were doing there. I don't think that's a line that they want to actually use during the season. And that's pretty much it. Uh, honestly, after that, just sloppy and bad of a game, I don't really have anything else to add. Uh, the Habs are starting to take shape slowly, but surely. I think I, I thought that in this game we were going to see something a lot closer to the actual NHL lineup, but uh, we, we didn't. There were still quite a few guys out there that, that are definitely bound for the AHL. Um, 
But at the end of the day, we got one more game coming up on Thursday against the Senators. And after that, it's on to the regular season, baby. Time to have some fun. Still managed to run about 12 minutes on this episode, despite it being a terrible game. So, grosse soirée pour les employés de soutien. Thank you for listening. We are on Spotify, Megaphone, uh, Apple, Google Play. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Shoot me a follow. See you next episode. As always, à la prochaine.